Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, it's an exciting day to be alive. So glad to be with you again with our Victory Church weekly podcast. Jesus is coming back, and we may be the generation that sees the King. It's an exciting thought, isn't it? It's also a challenging thought for all of us because of the days we're living in. I'm going to get right into my subject today, see how far we can get. Hope to get done. I've been talking about the conscience the last number of podcasts, and we're living in a conscienceless age, and um, this is not a time to have a weak conscience. So I've been talking about 10 things that we need to know about the conscience, and we're just going point by point. Uh, so here we are. We have talked about number one, we live in a conscienceless age. Number two, comf- conscience is defined as the inner sense of what is right or wrong in one's conduct or motives. Number three, <coughs> excuse me, conscience is the voice of God. Uh, is the voice of the human spirit speaking to us. Number four, conscience must be trained. Number five, the Holy Spirit uses the conscience to convict us. Number six, a clear conscience keeps us sensitive to spiritual things. And we've covered all these in detail in in the past podcast. Number seven, last time, a violated conscience creates spiritual disconnect from the Holy Spirit. And then today, number eight, we'll cover this today, see how far we get. A violated conscience creates a lawless person. Now that's interesting. Um, point number eight is that a violated conscience creates lawlessness in a person's life. Now something that Jesus said when his disciples asked him what the days just prior to his return would be like, one of the comments Jesus made in Matthew twenty four twelve, he said during about that time, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And so again, Jesus said the time just before his return would be typified by lawlessness. And lawlessness has to do with a violated conscience. I'm reminded of the Passion Translation of 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It's often thought about today because we're actually watching this being lived out in the culture of the United States of America uh, we are living in a, in a day of violated conscience on the left and on the right and of an increase in lawlessness in our own culture here in the United States. Listen to the Passion Translation of 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. He says, But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will come, become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. People will be self-centered, verse 2. Uh, lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. Verse 3, they will become addicted to hateful and manipulous slander. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures 
of the loving God. Verse 5, they may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these is Paul's admonition to us that are living in the last days. And boy, this is an apt description, isn't it, of the culture we're living in. Then it's a culture of lawlessness and because, uh, because of, a, of a violated conscience, lawlessness is increasing all around us. Proverbs uh, 16 uh, is something I think about a lot as I uh, tool through these days. Proverbs 16.25 says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends... But in in the end, it leads to death. So again, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. So again, this is is typifying a person who is doing what they want to do, and their conscience is allowing them to do it, but they're on the wrong road, and that road leads to death, and that death is hell. Proverbs 30, verse 20, and this is, this typifies our culture today. Proverbs 30, 20, New Living Translation. An adulterous woman consumes a man, then wipes her mouth and says, what's wrong with that? Wow. See, that's a conscienceless person. So again, we are living in a conscienceless age. A violated conscience creates lawlessness. Now, uh, several years ago, I read through the entire book of Jeremiah, and I wept as I read the book of Jeremiah. And as I was reading it through that particular time, I think this was way back in maybe 2019. It's before COVID hit, I know. I think it was like the um, April, May of 2019. I actually wept as I read the book of Jeremiah, because as I was reading through the verses, through the chapters and verses of Jeremiah, it seems as though the Lord was emphasizing to me, Mitch, that's that's America today. Mitch, that's America today. Mitch, that's America today. Listen, as I read from Jeremiah and then uh, from the prophet Amos, uh, uh, and, it, and these are warnings to Israel because they forsook God and went after rampant idol worship with all kinds of terrible sins, and they violated their conscience in a terrible way. But this so aptly describes, listen as I read this. Can't you see it describes today as well in American culture? Jeremiah 6, 10 through 15, New Living Translation says, To whom can I give warning? Who will listen when I speak? Their ears are closed and they cannot hear. They scorn the word of the Lord They don't want to listen at all. See, that's the culture today. Verse 11. So now I am filled with the Lord's fury. Yes, I'm tired of holding it in, Jeremiah says. I will pour out my fury on children playing in the streets and on gatherings of young men, on husbands and wives, and on those who are old and gray. You know what he's saying? Here's a culture in Israel. They weren't listening to the word of the Lord because they didn't want to listen to the word of the Lord at all, then judgment is encroaching on every on every age group in the culture, from the young to the old, the families, is, uh, which includes husband, wives, and children. And then he says this, their homes, verse 12, Jeremiah 6, their homes will be turned over, this is terrible, to their enemies, as will their fields and their wives, for I will raise my powerful fist, Against the people of this land, says the Lord. Verse 13, from the least to the greatest, their lives are ruled by greed. From, uh, from prophet to priest, even the, 
even the even the religious people, even the people of God of the day were affected by what was happening in, in Israeli culture. From prophets to priests, they are all frauds. See, it infiltrated the people of God. They even became corrupted with the challenges of their day. Verse 14, they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their disgusting actions? Not at all. They don't even know how to blush. Therefore, they will lie among the slaughter. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. It seems as though that we are in a time of perhaps even judgment against the, uh, the, uh, America, the United States of America because of our sins, because we've chosen not to listen to the Word of God. We've taken the Bible out of our culture and now and now beginning even in the classroom with young ages, we are teaching things that should not even be mentioned to small children. And we are living lives that God has to turn his face away and, 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 and not look at us any longer. How can we expect the blessings of God if we don't uh, bend an ear to his word? And don't allow him to deal with our consciences once again. We are living in a time, my friend, that it could, should, could, could be parallel to the time that Jeremiah was prophesying to Israel, encouraging them, hear the word of the Lord, repent of your sin. Here's the, here's the prophet Amos saying something very, very similar to, to uh, the people of God in, in Jerusalem. They were, again, uh, living conscienceless lives. They 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 rejected the word of God and they went about worshiping idols and living in luxury, doing what they wanted to do, and they were oblivious to to what could happen to them. Verse Amos six one through seven says this: New Living Translation. What sorrow awaits you who lounge in luxury in Jerusalem and you who feel secure in Samaria? You are famous and popular in Israel, and people go to you for help. But go over to Kalna, which was a city in Syria destroyed by the enemy, and see what happened to them. Then go to the great city of Hamath, another city in Syria destroyed by the enemy, and down to the Philistine city of Gath. You are no better than they were, and look how they were destroyed. God's saying, look, you're, you, the, the people around you were destroyed by their wrong living, and you better be careful. You could be destroyed just the same way. Verse 3, you push away every thought of coming disaster. Listen to that. But your actions only bring the day of judgment closer. And, and you know what? Today where people are so involved in their amusements and all of the things to uh, make them feel better about themselves and about life that they, they rarely think about eternity and the judgments that are looming in front of our nation. Verse 4, how terrible for you who sprawl. Listen to what he said to them. How terrible for you who sprawl on ivory beds and lounge on your couches, eating the meat of tender lambs from the flock and of choice calves fattened in the stall. You sing, verse 5, trivial songs to the sound of the harp and fancy yourselves to be great musicians like David. He goes on to say, verse 6, you drink wine by the bowlful and perfume yourselves with fragrant lotions. You care nothing about the ruin of your nation. Wow. See, see, that's, that's America today. We're having so many problems. People don't want to even talk about it. You know, I preach week after week, two times a week, and I have these podcasts. I have 
I have articles I write and all that. And you know, I have people come to me constantly and say, and I don't hear pastors talking because I'll talk about the challenges we're facing today and how we need to repent of their sin. What is the pulpit doing today? We have some great churches that are preaching the word, some wonderful pastors that are preaching the word, but we have many that aren't. They're going along with the culture and accepting the cultural trends into the church. That's what happened in Israel just before they were judged in the Babylonian captivity. And my concern is that's what's happening in America today. So he said again, verse 6, you drink wine by the bowl food, perfume yourself with fragrant lotions. You care nothing about the ruin of your nation. Verse 7, therefore, you will be the first to be led away as captive. Suddenly, all your parties will end. And y'all, I, I have such a deep concern in America that like Israel, one day, suddenly, our party time will end. And the challenge is that are encroaching all around us will uh, will change how we live life. So again, again the the uh, number number eight here a violated conscience creates a lawless person. Listen to First Timothy one nineteen and twenty. Uh, the apostle Paul's talking about two people in the church that not really a lot is known about Hymenaeus and Alexander. It says, verse 19, it says, cling to your faith in Christ, 1 Timothy 1, 19, and keep your conscience clear, he says to Timothy, for some people have deliberately violated their conscience as, as a result. Their faith has been shipwrecked. Here's some people that, were, that knew the Lord, but they began to violate their conscience. They became numb to the things of God lawlessness evidently entered into their life and and he he was like a, it was like a, a ship that hit the rocks and 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 wrecked and he says it about these two people verse 20 Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so they might learn not to blaspheme God they evidently really really got out there in their character so much so that he said, God, take, your, take away your protection from them so that, uh, so that they can see what they're doing and so that they can repent of their sin and not go to hell. And then this is a really challenging uh, passage of Scripture in Proverbs. When I came across this many years ago, and this is, uh, this is God speaking to a person who knows the truth but refuses to act on the truth. And this is a person who chooses repetitiously to violate their conscience without repenting and they inherit some pretty tough things in life listen to proverbs 1 24 through 33 again this is new living translation i called you so often but you wouldn't come i reached out to you but you paid no attention you ignored my advice and rejected the correction i offered here's proverbs 126 so i will laugh so here's the people God reached out to them. He, he ministered his word to them through the prophets, perhaps. But they didn't listen to what he had said, and they didn't listen to the correction that God offered them. So then notice what God did. And this sounds so unusual, but you know, when, when you know what God wants you to do and you refuse to do it and just simply refuse to repent and you go with the culture, here's what God says, verse 26. He may be saying this to America today. I'm, I don't want to walk this path myself, and I want to encourage you, walk back from this. Don't do what other people are doing that you yourself know are wrong, but it's accepted by everybody around you. Don't go there, because as God says about those people, so I, verse 26, Proverbs 1, 
I will laugh when you're in trouble. I don't want God to laugh when I'm in trouble, do you? I will mock when your disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. Verse 28, when they cry for help, I'll not answer, God says. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. Here are people that knew what God said, refused to do it, and just kept on living life, kept on living the way the culture around them lived, in disregard for what God said. And then when calamity did come and party time did end, God said, though they anxiously search for me, they'll not find me. For they hated, why? Verse 29, for they hated knowledge, chose not to fear the Lord. Verse 30, they rejected my advice, paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For the simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. All who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by the fear of harm. Those are very challenging scripture. I, I encourage you to go back. I have made that part of my life, and it, it, put, it keeps the fear of God in me. Proverbs 1, 24 through 33, New Living Translation is an excellent translation to read that in. And that's where our nation is today. You know, uh, again, Israel went into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. It's not because God didn't love them. He loved them deeply. And he sent prophet after prophet to warn them to, to, to stop the idolatrous ways, stop living in sin, stop disobeying his commands, stop doing what you know you shouldn't be doing. But, they, but because judgment didn't come, they just kept doing it. Finally, when the judgment came, they had nothing to stand on, and they fell, and God had to, he just simply stood back and say, I've got to let this happen because you would not listen. You know, Susan, I have four children, and, you know, when they were young, I would discipline them, and I would tell them, one day I will not be in your life to tell you not to do this or not to do that, not to act in a rebellious way. Um, I, I won't be here to correct your attitude and your behavior and the things that you're doing. One day you'll be on your own. So my job right now is your daddy. When my children were small, I would say my job is your daddy, is to love you and to help you develop a conscience that can be a safe guide for you. One day I won't be here. You won't hear my voice. You won't see my face. You won't see the tears I shed because you did wrong. You won't feel, you know, the discipline that I that I place upon you. You'll be on your own. And, and the only discipline that you'll have is the discipline of your own conscience. And thankfully, very thankful that for the most part, you know, none of us are perfect and my children aren't, but you know, they listened and now they're all on their own. They're grown, they're married. I'm very proud of them. And one of my goals as a, as a dad was to raise conscience-driven children. And here we are today, we're facing a whole culture, a whole generation of Americans today uh, where conscience is being etched away at by the things that our culture is allowing. And God's saying to us, steer clear. Don't come near that. And he's speaking to you and me as believers. Don't participate in the things that our culture is allowing because they're eventually going to get into some deep trouble that they cannot get out of. And we need to pray for God's mercy on our on America. And we need to ask God to, to show us the way as we go into these really crazy, strange days. So again, number eight is uh, the uh, a violated conscience creates lawlessness, a lawless person. Number nine, as we're here to in conclusion here, the conscience 
can be cleansed. So the good news is you say, well, pastor, I violated my conscience. I'm, I'm doing things I know I shouldn't do, and uh, I just keep repeating them, and I really don't have any remorse. Listen, you can have your conscience cleaned by, cleansed by God. That's the amazing news. Hebrews 9, 14, this is New International Version, says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience? from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. See, Jesus, His blood, His forgiveness, His mercy, His grace can cleanse our conscience. Notice what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, uh, he said to the Corinthian believers, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, not trying to delude and deceive people, he's saying, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He's saying, you know, we want people, we want people to have a good conscience, and we're living before you in a good conscience. Hebrews 10, 22, listen, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know, you say, Pastor, I have a hard heart. I have a callous conscience because I've been doing what I know is wrong. The really great news is God has such mercy. He has such grace on us as human beings. He knows how frail we are. He knows the predisposition we have to be self-centered, to do things our own way, to not listen, and then to get into trouble. And he's got so much mercy on us. Psalm 145, 8 and 9, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger. That's so good, isn't it? And of great mercy. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all of his works. My friend, if you have missed the mark, and you have violated your conscience in whatever way that you have. If you'll fall down before God and say, Lord, I'm wrong. I did. Tell him what you did. Confess your sin. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us and cleanse us. Tell him what you did and ask him to have mercy on you. Number 10 here, allow God's mercy to help your conscience. Your conscience can be cleansed. Number 9. Number 10, allow God's mercy to help you cleanse your conscience. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, though the Lord's mercy, through the Lord's mercy, we're not consumed because his passion, compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It's God's mercy that keeps us from being confu consumed by his wrath. Uh, the, way, the way the enemies of God will be just before Jesus returned. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his great, great mercy on us. Uh, New Living Translation says of, of Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. It's a new day. You got new mercy. In a recent service of ours toward the conclusion, I read this, the following passage. I love this passage from Psalm 103, uh, verses 8 through 18. The Lord is compassionate, listen, and merciful. So as I read this, you know, maybe you've got an area of life you keep falling into a trap, the trap of the flesh, the trap of the world. Maybe you're, uh, you're friends with people who are doing things and 
and your conscience tells you not to do it because the Bible says it's wrong and you just keep going there. Listen, if you'll repent, God will forgive and he will give you an ability to overcome that if you'll just be honest with him. The Holy Spirit is so good with helping us. Listen, he understands the pressures of our time. He understands the, the challenges that we have with our flesh and, and just with living in a, in a very dark, dark place in a very dark, dark time. So God has a lot of compassion and he wants to help us overcome. Allow God's mercy to help your conscience. Listen again as I read Psalm 103, 8 through 18, New Living Translation. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For His unfailing love towards those who fear Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Aren't you glad that he doesn't constantly accuse, he doesn't remain angry with us forever. Aren't you glad that he does not punish us for all of our sins and he doesn't deal harshly with us even when sometimes we may deserve it? That's our God. Verse 11 says, For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. That's an incalculable distance. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. If you start going east, you'll never, you'll go in, go towards the east infinitum and you'll never, never find the west. So again, it's an incalculable distance. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass. Like wildflowers, we bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone, as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant and those who obey his commands. Isn't that great to know about our Father? So I just want to encourage you as to conclude this uh, series of podcasts on the conscience. Let's seek to keep a tender conscience before God. And, and to do that, it's necessary that when we miss the mark with our words, with our thoughts, with what we do uh, in our relationships, in whatever vein of life, the moment we know we do what we shouldn't, right then, that's the time to say, God, I messed up, I missed the mark, and I ask you, forgive me, cleanse me, confess the sin, and allow God right then to cleanse your conscience. The next time you start, and then find scripture that deal with you about that area. If it's an area of, of the weakness of your flesh, if you'll find scripture that deal with that particular thing, it'll help you overcome and not want to go there. You know what? God will, little bit by little bit, uh, cause our conscience that may have been hardened to become soft again. You know what? People need me and you. They need us to love Jesus. They need for us to let the light inside of us shine. We don't want a person that we know to go to hell. Hell is a place you never get out of. Once you die, after that's judgment if you don't know Jesus. If you're listening to me and you have never been born again, you never asked Jesus to come into your life. You know you can today. You can repent of your sin. You can repent of your sin as long as there's breath in your lungs, as long as your heart is beating, 
as long as your mind your mind can understand you can repent of your sin so lord i pray for me and all of us that are listening to this podcast today that the spirit of god would draw us away from distractions away from darkness away from blindness away from aloofness spiritual aloofness where we don't care anymore like our culture does draw us to you cause us to be sensitive to you cause us to be sensitive to your word and lord for us as believers lead us across the paths of those whose consciences have been have been uh, have been hardened and lord i ask let the spirit of god work in a fresh way the life of every believer and lord let us be those that lead others to the savior in Jesus name. Well God bless you my friend. I look forward to talking to you on the next uh, the next series that's coming up. You'll be excited looking forward to that day. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church weekly podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.